Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Hey there, Bill. Hey, good morning, James. How's it going? Doing all right. Wow, you... uh you have hooked a big fish today, have you not? I, I believe so. Thanks to our good friend Trish Murphy, and one of and and she's in the, one of our favorite fields currently, which is franchising. Absolutely. Well, let's 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 get her in this in the show so she can start talking. Um, I'd love to introduce uh, Liz Leonard with Franchise Advisor. We thank you for being here, Liz. Thanks so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Happy to be here. She literally just got off the airplane. Flew in today. Flew in today. She has been uh, travel delayed all day, and so we really appreciate her letting us pick her brain here for a few minutes. And so we'll try and make it quick, so you're not uh, lagging too long. Because I know you're, you you got to be tired for sure. Jet um, lag, jet lag. You know. Yeah. Well, you're from. You said you're from Maine. From Maine, from Port, Maine. Portland, Maine. Beautiful yeah. area. If you haven't been there. Yeah. Yep. Nine yeah, months I've out never... of the year, love it. The rest of the time, I could maybe hang out down here yeah. in Florida, but. Yeah, our buddy, our, our buddy Ken, uh, Ken Kimball, he's from Bangor, Maine. So, Oh, that's right. I'd yeah. forgotten that. He, he just moved down here, though, because he, he doesn't like the snow anymore, I don't think. I think the three months didn't work for him either. Yeah. And I know Ken. You know Ken? Okay. I do know Ken. Oh, he's a do guy. you? Yep. Know Hope Ken he... from another world. Um, yeah. One of that our other amazing. businesses we had. Oh, yeah. We love Ken. Ken Ken has done all of our websites, so. I hope you like them. Yeah. Because we like them. Yeah, we do. Listen, take a minute. Tell us about you. Tell us how how you got to where you are and what's going on with you. Well, my short story um, is uh, we sold a couple of businesses many, many years ago, over 10 years ago, and uh, we'd done a couple startups, sold them, and thought, heck, do we want to do another startup? Not really. We were exhausted. Uh, we had 22 employees, 140 children. We had an accredited school. I was the director. Sold it. Um, and survived a recession. It yeah. was amazing experience. You, you said your background was in teaching, right? It is. Yep. I'm an educator. Um, really enjoy teaching and coaching. And um, but it was really exciting to do a startup. But I will share our startup uh, was in 2007, and I don't know where you guys were in January of 07, but we had a recession. Yeah, I think and there we, was one here too. Yeah, and the good news is we survived the recession. In fact. Our business was one of the industries that thrived. So it was really, really exciting, but nerve wracking too for me. I left my healthcare job. Um, so we sold that business. And how did I get into franchising, which I got to get back to the question, is after we sold that, we said, okay, what's next? So we looked into franchising, looked at um, a lot of different options in the Portland, Maine area. But we ended up looking at three or four options, kind of narrow it down. But I worked with a coach mm -hmm. and I had no idea coaches were out there. Didn't right. even know it was a thing. And um, I was a little bit of a tough customer, though, because I wanted zero employees. And that really is not realistic. Mm. Right. Doesn't really exist. So I turned down everything that she kind of presented to me for brands. She showed me multiple ideas. And uh, she called me back a couple months later and she said, you make a great coach. I think you should do this. And I said, you know what? It's a great idea. No employees. Woohoo. <laughs> so here I am. I have been a franchise advisor slash coach since 2014. 
We did buy a franchise. Um, we own a kitchen tune-up franchise. So I'm also a franchisee. So I kind of live both worlds. Mm -hmm. oh, That's yeah. interesting. I tell people I'm, I go down both lanes so I can talk really about the reality and the experience and, you know, just the success, the celebrations, but also the uphill battles and problem solving. So right. that piece really makes a difference because I can relate to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to help these people get into a business, right, maybe you can walk us through some things you're looking for in them and what helps you decide what road to take them down. Yes, we have a a path and a process that we offer to people. Uh, we get to know each other. We get to know their families, their children, their spouse. We want to understand what their skill set is and define that really. I mean, we need to define it as close as we can. So we do give them a skills assessment, which does really open up eyes for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, so we review that. Um, we also talk a little bit about just are they leaving their job? Are they looking to just have that control and that freedom or entrepreneurship, or maybe they grew up in a family? So there's all these reasons that we're trying to find out what's driving it because motivation drives success. And if we can really think about what's motivating them to want to have a business mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship is definitely, you know, you look at, you know, we live in America, it's living the American dream and a lot of people want it. But we need to make sure that we take the proper steps to kind of align their skill set, their investment level, their market, and obviously, do they have their family support to make this really big decision? So it's a team effort. It, it sounds really in-depth. How long does that process usually take when you're working with someone? That can vary. The process that we're taking candidates through is about six to eight weeks, and we have them look at multiple brands. It's usually three to four, so they can compare and contrast all the different, you know, services, staffing, business model, you name it. I won't get into the details, but there's a lot. So they're learning a lot from each franchise company. And at the same time, the franchise company is vetting them out. So it takes about six to eight weeks for them to go through the process of talking to other owners, which we call validation calls, which is really one of the most important pieces, I think, in the process is talking to people that are actually doing that thing that you're thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. And they can get the real story. Because if they can understand what the day in the life of an owner is going to look like, and they're like, ah, no problem. Okay, maybe you're a good fit. Mm -hmm. And the reality sinks in. And they make a decision, and before you know it, they're a franchisee. Well, and so are you finding that there are a lot of owner-operators out there, or are you finding that there's a lot of people that want to be an executive and just kind of work in the office? I tell people not to buy themselves a job. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things. Uh, you know, people have kind of this assumption or head trash mm -hmm. um, that they think that they're going to own a business, but they may not have to do the work. In order to do, you know, whatever the business model is that they're looking for, and we talk about it, and we do a 60-minute consultation with everybody over Zoom, so we see them, we're looking at right. each other, making eye contact, and I really need to understand, can they put 40 to 60 hours into a business? If the answer is no, okay, what are we going to look at? What are the alternatives? Mm -hmm. um, so there is definitely that reality of asking all these questions. You know, do they have management experience? How many employees do you want? Is there any barriers? Do you have any other investments that you're involved in? Because the franchise companies really need and want them to be focused on the business. Mm -hmm. Building an executive team is really the model that we see mainly across right. the country. 
Yeah. I guess that's the goal, I would think. I think if someone wants to be in the truck long term, it might be an issue if they get old, tired, sick, hurt for some reason. Um, I'm curious how that uh, that process goes in their brain. So when they meet people, um, when you when you meet somebody and you're walking through this process, um, you give them this assessment, and they're are they zooming with all the other franchises, or are they actually going to the locations? They're zooming. Uh, zooming is a big thing now. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody's zooming. Uh, they want to have eye contact with the franchise companies, and these are development managers that are educating them on the brand from soup to nuts all the way to the legal stuff um, and teaching them about, you know, the products, the services, the vendor relationships, you know, the technology platform, the marketing lead generation, all of those pieces are very valuable, but it takes about six weeks and it should, because nobody should rush through that process. Right. Um, but there's a lot of pieces to it. And then I'm here, my role as they're meeting with these companies over Zoom to compare and contrast you know, different brands that might fit for them in their market is I listen and you can, you can really hear and feel and see the excitement and the enthusiasm. And it just shows. And then over time, they'll narrow it from three brands to two to one. Mm. Then they will go to meet the franchise company and the whole team, which we call investment overview day. And that's just an invaluable day where it's the old-fashioned shake your hand. Right. You're in a room with people just like you trying to make this really big decision to have this control and freedom and build a legacy for your family, which is another great reason that people get into entrepreneurship. So that's kind of, I think, the last step in the process is meeting eye-to-eye. Is this a good partnership for me? Can I see myself with them? Do they have what I need and vice versa? Mm-hmm. What are some of the hurdles that you um, have you seen with a franchisor that that have stumbled and, and stumped the people wanting to come in? What are some things that they have maybe some mistakes that other other business owners have have made that maybe we can learn from things we can avoid? I think I've seen some of the younger companies grow too quickly. I think they've brought in the wrong people. Um, I think that they rushed to bring people in because a lot of the companies need to get units listed in their FDD, their franchise disclosure sure. document, just part of the, part of the process. And I think my advice would be just be cautious and mindful to find the right partners to bring into your business because they are the face of your brand mm-hmm. and it's a team effort and you want them to want the business as much as you do. So you yeah. got to find that, Passion's a dangerous word, but they've got to want it, and they need to want it as much as you do. Yeah, we hear a lot about that, you know, we're not selling franchises, we're awarding awarding, awarding yeah. a mm-hmm. franchise. And although it does sound kind of cocky a little bit, but the reality is, is that as much as we're trying to sell a franchise, we are, but, you know, Bill and I talk about it, it's, mm-hmm. it was, we're like in a business marriage with this person and we, we're going to be talking to him probably every day for several months and we're going to be in their life for the history of that, of that and, company. And you'd like to think you could get along with this person and mm-hmm. that they're Ten years. aligning with you. Yeah. yeah a long time. Three, 10 years is a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it is a long time. And so I guess finding that right fit, that's why it could be, the evaluation actually intrigues me even more because you're really learning a lot about somebody and their psyche. So what are some, let's, let's go to the, the, the seeker, the franchisee. What's, what are some mistakes that, that they have made? What are some tips that if someone's looking for a business, how do you even know that they're ready to even buy one? 
I'll give you an example of, he is a franchisee now, but when I met him, um, he was in the IT industry, worked for, he's in California, worked for some very high level companies, had a very robust salary, and he got laid off three times. But when I met him, he was working with somebody just like me, mm-hmm. and they had him looking at brands that really didn't fit what he was looking for. And he asked me, he said, what do you think about these? And I said, it's not really my place to answer, but I said, we need to sit down and do this consultation process. I need to learn more about you. And then I can really kind of, we can talk about what we could look at for options and your market plays a big role in availability. So he told me this story that he wanted to franchise so bad and he loved the auto industry. He bought a Snap-on Tools franchise okay, yeah. in California. And then three months later, he's driving down the road and he's thinking, why am I driving a truck down the road? What am I doing? And he just had a wake-up call that he bought the wrong franchise. Oh, boy. So he talked to his wife, and he just ended up calling the company. They were gracious in working with him, which not all of them would be. Um, And he was able to exit his agreement, and he was not a good fit, and he recognized it. Yeah, wow. But I think it's a big thing for people to recognize, which they don't always know, right? Just, is it is it a good fit? But he knew. But I helped him and his wife find the right franchise. It took us a long time. We spent time. He's in California, which is a registration state, another mm-hmm. tough state to do business in. Um, but we landed one, and they are very, very happy. Very cool. But I, I find it interesting. Um, we interviewed uh, Michael Batali from Wild One Day Paint. And uh, he came in uh, he on an E2 visa, and um, he talked us through his the list of people he narrowed them down to. And they were really diverse. Like, I, I want to say it was like a pool. That was Andreas. But it was one with it was Marco's Pizza. Marco's Pizza is what I remember. And then know. the Wow One Day Paint. It literally was two very different industries. Very different things. Is Do you find people are just looking at the, the wide array, or, or maybe it was just because he was – coming in, you know, from another country? Um, I don't know. Food is a tough space to be in. I think we all know that sitting here uh, together today, Mm -hmm. right? Just the employee, the turnover and the margins are low. Um, but brick and and mortar and brick and mortar is a significant investment and you're probably looking at a small business administration, SBA loan for that. Um, but I think that if you're going to be looking at a brick and mortar, you need to make sure that, you know, it's just a significant investment and it's got a real estate piece to it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's compounded and it's not just a franchise agreement, but you have a landlord for probably potentially five, seven, 10 year term, whatever is negotiated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's an easier way to go in franchising. And I'm actually publishing a book right now called Your Franchise Fast Pass, and it's the essential guide to helping people find the ideal business. And people don't understand the value of home service brands, which is what you guys are launching. And home service brands are an economical business. It's demand-driven. It's usually a cash-based business, uh, quick startup, no overhead, Mm -hmm. and stronger margins. So why wouldn't you look at those, which you can scale them, replicate them, grow them, but most people want to scale them to sell them. Mm. That's the goal is to build that cash flow. 
and you think about having a brick and mortar, there are those people out there that I think identify with brick and mortar and they're a good fit, the high level investors. But, you know, I think there's some better options out there. And I, again, I don't think we can get the word out there enough. Do you know about home service brands? We've just lived through COVID. Everybody's sinking money into real estate yeah, right now. We had this conversation recently that even homeowners now don't have the skill set that they did 50 years ago. I remember when my dad needed his house painted, he painted his house. When his car needed worked on, he worked on his car. You know, they just had a different skill set that people don't, they just don't have now. And it really does feel like that the spotlight for franchising is on home services. And even if they have the skill, do they have the drive and time to do it for themselves? Like we're, we're in the culture of, you know, this is me for sure. Make a phone call, write a check, get it done. Yeah, problem solved. I, I can do my own plumbing. I don't want to do my own plumbing. I'm going to hire a plumber to do my own plumbing. <laughs> um, uh, so a lot of people, like drywall is kind of silly. It's like, listen, we, I can do drywall. Do you want to spend your weekends doing drywall? Do you want to spend your weekends um, covering and cleaning and, and prepping? Yeah. So you know, I can make coffee at home or I can go to Starbucks. So sometimes I do both. Yeah. But great analogy. Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions in our consultation, which takes 60 to 90 minutes that we'd ask all these questions with the candidates to really try and, and refine what they're looking for, but what they want to build and what their motivations are. We ask them, are you a mechanical person or are you mm-hmm. a cerebral person? Mm. And so when I get that answer... I'll say, so who's Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It in the house? And, you know, quite often it's neither one of us. And so we have an appreciation for home service brands because they can't do it themselves. Yeah. So yeah. the demand is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we're we narrowing down our avatar and we have basically two um, that we're working for ours. And, and Trish came up with it. Uh, Helen Homeowner is our the, the typical homeowner we're trying to sell to. The Starbucks, she likes Starbucks. She plays on her iPhone a lot. Um, and then we, on the other side of our biz- business, we do a lot of work with, uh, other trades. Um, so we call him Tony, the tradesman. So like for our space, we do a lot of work with solar companies and restoration companies and plumbing companies and AC companies that we partner with directly with that we become part of their company, um, that way. So we actually have two separate avatars that we're looking at for the actual customer. So thinking through who our actual franchisee is, is the next kind of thing that's going through my head is like. Who are we looking for for a whole new wall franchise? Who is that type of person? Um, and we know that we can do uh, the owner operator. That, that's how Bill started. He literally mm-hmm. was. I mean, when I came on the company, we were in his home office in his bedroom for for several months before we got our first warehouse. You can run this business from the garage, and then, or maybe it's a bolt-on business for a larger company that that wants to add a drywall piece to it. Um, but it's for sure important that the home sphere, uh, the home home, the home uh, services sector is growing hugely. Big fan of micro. He's a real big, you know, uh, advocate for for this. A lot of people go to college and never use never use their degree, but you can be in the home services industry and really launch yourself into a very profitable business. Um, Absolutely. I've I've also seen this year a lot of families that I've been coaching and guiding and advising. And, you know, dad or mom are nearing retirement. They see it's coming, but they still have a lot of energy. They still want to be involved. They still want to use, obviously, that intellectual abilities. And they will invest with their kids. And we call it leave a legacy. And it's another great model. And you might want to consider that for your your avatar. Mm -hmm. 
um, because I think, you know, this generation is very different than when I grew up, but I think that, you know, the parents are trying to set those values in place. So just a thought you might know, help you. What a great way to leave a legacy is like, I'm going to help you build uh, a home for your, your children. Yeah. Actually, I met a gentleman who was doing, he does landscaping and his son had a, a desire to be a landscaper, but not the skill set. But the dad was a business coach. He's launched businesses. He was retired and they started the business together and he runs the the development side mm-hmm. and the sun's out there in the truck mm. and hopefully down the road, he'll be able to, you know, let the sun take over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's just, fun. it's, uh, that's becoming a uh, commonplace in mm-hmm. my world is talking to families. I wonder if you see people come through your doors that are kind of partners, like two friends that just want to go into business together, not necessarily spouses, but just a couple of guys, a couple of girls that just want to, do something. Do you see that sometimes? I do. My ace handyman uh, guys, they have three territories in Raleigh, North Carolina. So they own pretty much the whole market. Um, And they are together and they're very dynamic, uh, smart guys, well-educated. They're amazing. Want to become a business owner, but not sure where to start? A hole in the wall drywall repair franchise could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. As a franchisee, you'll have access to our comprehensive training program, ongoing support, and a proven business model developed to help entrepreneurs like yourself succeed. With our low overhead costs and high demand for services, you'll be able to hit the ground running and start generating income quickly. Achieve financial success while providing a valuable service to your community. Go to holeinthewallfranchising.com and take the first steps towards achieving your entrepreneurial dreams. So I'm interested in buying a franchise. I'm talking to you about this. Um, what are some of the next steps that you are going to want to talk about with them? Yeah, and I keep referencing this consultation call, but it really is the cornerstone of what we do. And we hold people accountable to thoughts, goals, skills, hopes, and dreams. But one of the realistic pieces that comes into that conversation is what can you afford? Yeah. And there's a lot of different vehicles out there for debt tools, but the one, the one that we see more commonly is SBA, which I think I've mentioned today. Yeah. Um, but you know, the SBA loan is usually the smaller one, is non-collateralized, which a lot of people like. Yeah. And then the other one is the rollover. Um, it's called uh, ROBS, rollover for business startup, which is essentially taking your retirement money and actually giving yourself a loan with no interest. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that pressure to pay it back. Mm -hmm. And some people do a combination of both. So I think, you know, just knowing that there's, there's funds out there, but we always set people up with two or three companies. If they want three, great. We work with five or six, but we give them introductions, personal introductions, so they can learn because the whole process when I'm coaching and advising is I want them to learn about all of their options and make an informed decision all the way down to the funding. Because if they don't have funding, there's no conversation yeah, to have with a franchise company. Yeah. yeah. Actually, with our, our franchise consultant, um, on the very first call, they're, you know, they ask the hard question is, how are you going to pay for this? Right. A can, basic question. Can you afford yeah. it? You know, I think I think he does it a little more eloquently than I just said it. But, <laughs> but you have to vet them out. I mean, well, I don't, you know, my uncle, uncle uh, Charlie's going to help me uh, do it. Um, or do they have a 401k? Do they have savings? Do they have a house they're going to... Can they qualify loan? for an yeah. SBA loan? Can they qualify for a loan? We had one guy, he just didn't have the credit. He couldn't qualify for a loan. So it kind of canceled him out 
right away. So that, that is a big piece. Do you find that people are ready for that question ahead of time or not really? Before we have our consultation meeting, I have a very, very big prerequisite. They have to fill out a questionnaire. On the questionnaire, we'll ask for net worth. It will ask what they have for estimated liquid. And so ask about their credit score. It asks about their income. So I have all of that information before I even have that meeting. And I take obviously some time to review it. So I'm prepped. And if I have any additional fielding calls, I will ask during our meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, it's reality. If you can't afford it, why are we talking? Yeah. Right. Well, and then once the businesses don't just start making money right away when you open the doors, they, it takes time. So you need to have, you need to have the ability to, to live for a minute um, while you're, while you're actually starting the business. Right. So I guess those are some of the things that a business owner may not. No, they don't. I don't think they think them through, but having another call with, uh, you know, one of the funding partners is just kind of a good reality check and mm -hmm. it's a good conversation. Can you see yourself doing this? Can you see yourself having the monthly payment to the SBA and then making sure you have enough working capital to start the business because you can, you need to have a cushion. Yeah. Do you get a sense from them that they understand they're going to be in this for 10 years? Well, they should know it. It's been discussed, but I think it's a reality check. I mean, it's probably like going out and getting a mortgage for your first house mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, great. You know, now I own a house and now you own a business. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, there definitely are discussions with the franchisor about what if something happens? What if my wife gets sick? What if I have health issues? And, you know, those are conversations you have directly with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every company is usually pretty, pretty good about that because yeah. they want people to be successful. Of course. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about support. Um, how important is that to make sure you have support at home? It's very important. I try to meet every spouse or partner on every one of my meetings. And with today's schedule and young kids, it's sometimes hard to get them together. And, you know, I do, I do push for it. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that they're on board and because franchise agreements are signed by a husband and a wife. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have spousal support, then it's probably not going to move forward because there's the happy wife, happy life saying, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it's just important. And then the other thing that's happened with that is sometimes we find out that the wife is super excited to learn about franchising. Her skill set is, you know, amazing. And then we kind of switch gears and we might be looking for a business for her. Because really, we're matching based on the person that's going to be in the day-to-day. -day. Sure. Wow. And that has switched a couple of times for me. Never thought of that. Yeah, the franchise we own, which is Kitchen Tune-Up, we do cabinet refacing, redooring, new installs, but there's a lot of female owners. So maybe you should think about your avatar mm -hmm. being in the mm -hmm. female Absolutely. space. Absolutely. Could, could be. I always thought that it would be probably more of a male dominated, but I always thought it was going to be a, you know, husband and wife. We, we vetted some really great people yeah. and we met him, but we also met his wife and she was also a really nice person too. So, and frankly, we've had a lot of female employees here locally in Orlando throughout the years and they were terrific. If you watched HGTV, mm -hmm. look at all those girls and ladies yeah, it's and, true. and it's moms it's true. and daughters yeah. and it's really we, we love powerful. that. We, we love that because they always show them how they can do a popcorn removal mm -hmm. by using a shop vac and a, and a scraper, and then they try it. And then they, they do one room, 
and they realize that they never want to do this again. And then they call us to the rest of the house. Yeah. So we do, we do like that. Yeah, we do that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really handy uh, people out there, male and female. So very cool. All right. What are some lessons learned? What are some things that we can take away from this that uh, if you can impart some wisdom onto us, this is so, sorry, sorry, listener, we're going to talk about hole in the wall for a second more, but what do you, you, you've seen, we've shown you plenty of what we do. What are, what's, what's some of our next steps that you recommend? Well, I think we've talked quite a bit today about, you know, the word avatar, but it's really who's your ideal candidate mm -hmm. that you would want to bring into your company. And, you know, it's almost you're, you're building a family. Mm -hmm. You really are. You're building a franchise family. And so you want to be choosy and selective. And I think I recommended, you know, looking at a skills assessment to really identify, you know, what is that motivation? Because it will come out. And I think if you can pinpoint the motivation and their drive, because one thing I've learned about entrepreneurs is we're very unique, right? We're drivers. We're going to get it done. We're going to figure it out. We're problem solvers. Yes, we're going to make really good money, but we're also just looking for that challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, the challenge is what they're looking for. And corporate America doesn't give people that. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that yeah, helps. That's, a, that's but, a good point. You know, and I think I've already just said, you know, just take your time. Find the right people. I've seen a lot of young companies grow too fast just to get the numbers, you know, in the documents. And I just don't think it's smart. Um, nice. Education, training. It looks like you guys have a great training center here. I think training is really important. And you both are available, you know, hand to be hands-on to help, mm -hmm. which is another really big value proposition for new franchisees coming in. Yeah. Yeah, we want to be, that's, that's kind of our goal. That's kind of why we drug our feet for as long as we did, because we wanted to make sure that we had the ability to support our franchisees um, with all of our skill sets. And we've got some good stuff here. We've got a great team that works with us. So we're pretty excited about that. We are. All right. Well, you have traveled a long way today. <laughs> we will wrap this up. I am super grateful you're here. Is there anything else that you want to say while we're, we're ending this? If anybody is interested in looking at franchising outside of drywall space, I'm happy to sit down and talk with them. And we do try to match brands, like I said, based on their skills and their investment level. And, you know, there's no risk to meet with me. My services are free, which that word has always been kind of surprising to me, but it's complimentary. And, you know, why not sit and talk with somebody to find out if you're a good fit? Mm -hmm. Um so no risk. Give me a call. My website is Liz Leonard, Franchise Advisor. Easy to find. I work nationwide, even though I live in Portland, Maine, but love what I do. Love helping entrepreneurs. Yeah. And you work across the spectrum of franchising, right? Not just home services. Yes. I am part of an international network of brands and we have over 600 companies, which is sometimes in my mind way too many. Um, but you know, we've got some emerging ones. We've got some in the middle and we've got the mature brands. So we have yeah. a little bit of everything, but yes, we have brick and mortar. We have coaching, we have training. I mean, the comments that I get back from candidates sometimes is where did you find that franchise? I love mm. it. They never would have thought of it if yeah. they hadn't met me. Well, very good. Well, hopefully a uh, hole in the wall will be on your, your list someday. We'll, we'll get up there. And That's right. Let's do it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and it's been another great show. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. 
If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.